there are people out there who have the disease, do not realize they have the disease, and are overconfident, so they don't wear a mask. We see very clearly how the curve bends. It's no longer the same straight line. It bends in connection with the government announcements of requiring the use of face masks. Californians must now wear face coverings while in a public space. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. Here are the guidelines issued by Governor Gavin Newsom. Masks are required in medical facilities, public transit, and outdoor public spaces. The only exceptions are children under two years old, those who are medically exempt or hearing impaired, or anyone getting a service involving the nose or face. Face coverings can be removed while eating and drinking at a restaurant or exercising. Why is this order so important? In just a moment, we'll hear from a UCSD Nobel laureate who's been studying the spread of COVID-19. But first, here are some of the top coronavirus headlines for Thursday, June 18th. For the first time since the county started reopening from the pandemic, we have hit one of the alarm triggers. Today, the county's public health officers said there have been a troubling number of new outbreaks. ABC 10 News reporter Mimi Alcala reveals where these outbreaks are happening and what the county is doing as a response. You hit the trigger when you have more than seven new community outbreaks in a seven-day period. And San Diego County officials say we've officially hit eight COVID-19 community outbreaks in seven days. It's one of the 13 triggers the county has been monitoring to decide if it must reconsider reopening plans. An outbreak consists of three or more positive COVID-19 cases in one area. The outbreaks happen from June 11th through June 17th at businesses, restaurants, a private residence, and a social club. Three of our outbreaks uh, will fall off of our list tomorrow, that we could be under the trigger tomorrow. Businesses scheduled to reopen tomorrow, like nail salons, tattoo and massage parlors, can go ahead and do so. But in response to hitting a trigger, the county says any additional future reopenings will be paused, even with guidance from the state. We will be looking to step up enforcement, uh, targeted enforcement, on specific entities that are not complying with the public health orders. Meaning businesses can be shut down if they do not comply. As we continue to see more outbreaks, uh, we expect that hospitals to fill up uh, more. Dr. David Pride is an infectious disease specialist at UCSD Health. He says the community outbreaks don't come as a surprise and the number of asymptomatic COVID-19 cases has gone up significantly over the last few weeks. There are people out there who have the disease do not realize they have the disease and are overconfident so they don't wear a mask. For now, he says keeping yourself and your family safe starts with wearing a facial covering when in public, washing your hands, social distancing, and staying home as much as possible. Mimi Alcala, ABC 10 News. Some of the county's top triggers to watch out for include community outbreaks, ICU capacity, and PPE availability. Here's just one example of why today's new order could save lives, because it's not just senior citizens who can be infected and pass along COVID-19. An Arizona man says he has a warning for the younger generation after he contracted the coronavirus while bar hopping over the weekend. It was a joke to us, man, you know? It was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to get it. 30-year-old Jimmy Flores has been in the hospital for three days now. He says if he had waited any longer to be admitted, he wouldn't have survived. I did not take it seriously at all. and. Now that I have this, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Contract tracers say Flores became infected at a bar in Scottsdale. Flores says he worries other people his age will ignore the warnings, go out, 
and get sick. So keep that in mind if you're going out this weekend. Experts say staying outside is preferable when possible. And earlier this week, we found out about Curbside Gas Lamp, a new program to shut down a stretch of Fifth Avenue to allow businesses to expand into the street. It could be a model for downtown San Diego's future. The program begins tonight on a limited basis. ABC 10 News reporter Jared Ahrens talked to some of the restaurants taking part. Aaron Langelier, the operating partner of Barley Mash, says his restaurant will be one of six gas lamp businesses to pilot the program this weekend, along with El Chingon, Cafe Sevilla, Rustic Root, Havana 1920, and Bubbles Boutique. We want to do the right thing, social distancing, uh, wearing masks. The Gas Lamp Quarter Association set up the program, which allows businesses to expand onto the sidewalks and into the streets on Thursdays and Fridays from 3 to midnight and Saturdays from noon to midnight. But it's only for businesses on 5th. But it would be nice to kind of expand it, push it out a little bit more. Alex Rodriguez, the general manager of Brian's 24, says he'd love to expand and put tables on 6th Street. But he understands why he can't. Because you want to create a vibe, and that's what they're doing. And doing it, once you get further away from the center of downtown, even just one block away, it starts kind of, you get rid of that vibe, and you just kind of have just chairs and tables outside. It doesn't feel as cool. The Gas Lamp Association does have plans to create permanent promenades throughout downtown, shutting down several streets. Curbside Gas Lamp could be a preview and a jumpstart to the future of the area. In the Gas Lamp Quarter, Jared Ahrens, 10 News. The program is just one way the city of San Diego is hoping to help businesses bounce back by creating outdoor shopping and dining experiences. Today, Mayor Kevin Falconer announced a proposal to waive fees and fast-track the permit process to move restaurants and shops outdoors. Businesses with approved permits would be able to set up tables and chairs or racks of clothes on sidewalks, streets, and parking lots. Retail shop owners in Little Italy say they're on board with the idea. So I think it's going to be really cool to be outside in the open air. Businesses can apply for outdoor permits on the city's website. The proposal is going before the city council for approval the first week of July. Confirmed cases of COVID-19 continue to rise in at least 20 states, and part of that is fueled by increased testing, which is a positive step toward ultimately slowing the disease. However, FEMA charts obtained by ABC News show that Alabama, Florida, Arizona, South Carolina, Mississippi, and Texas have a troubling percentage of positivity rates. That means no matter how many people are being tested, a higher percentage of the population is testing positive. The mayor of Phoenix says she believes the rise in cases is linked to her state's rapid reopening. We opened much more quickly than other communities and businesses such as nightclubs where you have indoor situations and close transmission situations have really contributed to the spread. Meantime, President Trump still planning to hold a big indoor campaign rally this Saturday in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're getting our latest look at unemployment in the U.S. The government releasing new numbers showing 1.5 million more people filed for benefits in the last week. That's higher than the 1.3 million claims economists expected. This pushes the 13-week total to more than 45 million new claims. Now, claims are declining for the 11th straight week, but experts say the U.S. is in for a long and difficult recovery. 2.5 million people were hired last month, but now some are being laid off because of slow demand. Experts expect another wave of layoffs when money from the Paycheck Protection Program runs out. New findings have scientists looking deeper into a link between blood type and COVID-19. A study in Europe found people with type A blood were more likely to develop severe COVID symptoms, while people with type O blood were less likely. A previous study in China got the same results. 
Scientists say genetic studies like these are usually much larger, so more research is needed to see if blood type does in fact play a significant role in virus risk. Here's an unexpected coronavirus impact. Banks are running out of coins. The Federal Reserve says the circulation of coins has ground to a halt because of the pandemic. Banks in Tennessee saying they're seeing fewer coins every week. The Federal Reserve says with many businesses closed or reopening to credit cards only, the flow of coins has virtually stopped. On top of that, the Mint says they've also had to reduce production. More cash and coins should be entering circulation as more businesses reopen. Scientists at UCSD teamed up with fellow scientists at Texas A&M to learn more about the most common ways COVID-19 is transmitted from person to person. And they say the global statistics they reviewed tell a surprisingly clear story about how the widespread wearing of facial coverings is the most significant way to flatten the infection curve. Nobel laureate Dr. Mario Molina was part of the team and spoke to 10 News about why his previous studies on air pollution led them to investigate the microscopic particles we all release when we breathe or speak, not only when we cough or sneeze. We knew in our community that these small particles probably have something to do with uh, how the COVID-19 spreads because they are so common, okay? But the uh, epidemiologists dealing with COVID-19 it's a different community. They were only aware of these particles. They only worried about drops that you can see when you cough or you sneeze. But you don't see the tiny particles that come out of your mouth when you speak. And so other groups, not our group, other groups did publish the fact that these very small particles can be contaminated. I was not surprised, but they were able to measure that. And yet other groups, we have not measured that accurately ourselves. You can measure how these particles move in a closed room or in, an, or, or in, an, or in open air and so on. We knew about their movements largely because of air pollution, because of air pollution. But in terms of people speaking, that was not so much of interest in air pollution before, but it's of great interest to the COVID-19 situation. And yes, in a closed room, just like smoking from a cigarette, it's similar. You can get smoke from one corner to the other. And in contrast to the large drops, they don't fall. They don't fall down because they, they float in the air, okay? So that's why they can move many meters. Dr. Molina says the study focused on the three earliest and largest outbreaks of COVID-19 in Wuhan, China, Northern Italy, and New York City. And they then analyzed the data to look for similarities and differences. In China, the number of people that got sick didn't increase very much. It, it, many people, because China has so many uh, uh, inhabitants, and Wuhan and so on, but it never increased very fast. Whereas in, in Italy, it did. And in New York, it did much faster than in China. And what happens is they requested from the very beginning social distancing, quarantine, and testing, and so on, both in, in Italy and in, in New York and in the US. That was logical. But it turns out that in Italy and in New York City, they did not request the use of masks from the very beginning. They did that 
weeks or a month later. Dr. Molina says that once facial covering orders were put into place in Italy and New York, the data was once again clear. We compared New York City with Northern Italy, and it turns out that just a few, within a few days of announcing that the face masks uh, are uh, part of the government's requirements, then what was a straight line curves. It changes, it's no longer straight, it, may, it goes downwards. Why? Well, it's complicated if you look at the details because many people became aware of the need to use a mask some days before, but once the government required it, more people had to use them, but not in New York State. Okay. In New York State, they, there was no requirement. That was only New York City. So when you, we plot this, we see very clearly how the curve bends. It's no longer the same straight line. It bends in connection with the government announcements of requiring the use of face masks. The scientists then turned their attention to the rest of the United States, where the statistics once again supported the same conclusion. It turns out that in the United States, four states have not required the use of face masks. And if you look at these straight lines, they continue. Whereas all the other states, they require at different dates the use of face masks, and at those different dates, the curve bends in the entire United States. So this this is just an empirical observation. And in the paper, we interpret that, aha, the face masks have to do with these aerosols because they can stop not all of them, but a good fraction of the aerosols that move in the air. They no longer infect you. Dr. Molina adds that while it seems clear that the widespread wearing of masks can definitely help slow the spread of coronavirus, it doesn't mean wearing a mask can take the place of social distancing and proper hand-washing hygiene, which also remain important. We're also seeing more good news as the process of rebounding from the pandemic continues. The San Diego Blood Bank says it collected more than 350 pints of blood at the annual Padres Summer Blood Drive this week. The three-day drive started Tuesday at Petco Park. The Blood Bank says this year's drive was crucial since the pandemic has taken a toll on donations. The Blood Bank says it's taking precautions to make every donation as safe as possible and hope people continue to give throughout the summer. San Diego still faces a long road to recovery even after the pandemic subsides. ABC 10 News is committed to helping San Diegans rebound from the turmoil created by the coronavirus, getting back on our feet, finding jobs, resources, and creative solutions to rebuild. Together, we'll find a way. For stories and more information on how we bounce back, go to 10news.com rebound. That's all for today. I'm Ben Higgins.